Wow. I really can't believe we're here. I mean, I'm recording this and so I'm looking at my clock or not my clock, but you know, the date up in the laptop screen and it's really the end of December. Like 2024 is right around the corner. And I mean, where in the world did this year go? I honestly, I didn't even pick like a word of the year, but if I would have had to pick one, I think I would have picked transformative because this has truly been a life-changing year for me on so many levels. I mean, I had a baby, we've moved so many times, the friendships and the relationships that I've formed have truly changed my life in all the best ways. So I'm super excited. Today's episode is kind of a different one. It is more, uh, okay, it's less action-packed and more just chit-chat. I don't know about you, but I love podcasts where it just feels like I'm catching up with a good friend and we're just hanging out over some yummy food and drinks. And that's that's really what this episode is going to be like. I don't even have anything outlined. I am just doing a kind of off-the-cuff recording because I want it to just catch up and talk about some things as we enter this new year. So I guess it'll be just a mix of some life updates, some catching up, some goals that I have for next year. Just, you know, just we're just going to hang out. We're going to hang out for a couple of minutes. So grab your favorite holiday beverage, whether that is hot cocoa, maybe some apple cider, or even eggnog, and sit back, relax, and let's just let's just have a good year-end catch-up chit-chat. Sound good? <laughs> let's do it. They say money makes the world go round, but when it comes to navigating the financial side of adulting, they kind of left us hanging. If you've ever caught yourself saying, why the heck didn't we learn any of this in school, then friend, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Miracle Money Podcast, a space dedicated to having the real, open, and honest conversations about money and finance that we never had in school, but we should have. I'm your host, Amira Kondali. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist turned personal finance enthusiast, and I'm here to help you manage your money with less stress, more joy, and a whole lot of confidence. Let's jump in. So I'm currently recording this while I am letting my hair deep condition, which if any of my natural friends are listening, you know, you know how labor intensive wash day is. (laughs) So I am right in the thick of wash day. I've got my deep conditioner on, my hair's up in like my little shower cap. And I was like, hmm, what can I do right now? Because the baby is with Dada and I've got some free time. And I was like, I just want to talk to my podcast family. So that's what we are doing. So if you follow me on Instagram, you know that we recently returned from a vacation. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the vacation that we went on and just, I don't know, just some like thoughts and feelings that came up when it comes to vacationing and okay, like spending money on vacation, obviously, because this is a podcast all about money. So I can't leave that out, but also vacationing with a baby. So if you're listening to this and you have a baby or you are planning to have a baby or, you know, pregnant currently, you'll, you'll understand this one day when I say that vacationing by yourself is so different than vacationing with a baby. So if you don't know, we went to Maui, Hawaii, and I know a couple of months ago, there were these um, really bad fires, and that's actually when we were supposed to go. My husband was having a conference, and he was going to go to the conference there, and we weren't able to go. And so we waited for a few months when things calmed down and when we felt like it was an appropriate time to like support the island and, you know, obviously... Oh, well, okay. This, I feel like this is very maybe controversial about tourism in Hawaii. So I'm just going to tiptoe around it because I personally don't know a lot about the subject, but I do know that, you know, some people are on either side of the fence. For us, we felt like it would be okay to go and support the economy. We did a lot of local things, eating local, um, 
supporting like local businesses and things. So we really tried our best to go, but also pour into their economy as tourists instead of like taking from them in, you know, the tourism realm. So well, I did not expect to go down that tangent. But anyways, so we went to Maui. It was our first time in Hawaii. Let me know if you're listening to this. Send me a DM or you know, something. And let me know if you've been to Hawaii before, because I feel like everyone has been to Hawaii and we've been so many places, but Hawaii just hasn't been one of them. So we went to Hawaii. Like I said, initially it was for my husband. He had a conference he was going to go. And then we just decided to kind of go for a family vacation. It was his birthday in early December. And I was like, you know, you've been working so hard all year. I was like, you really should do something for yourself. And he decided he wanted to do this Hawaii trip. So I said, okay. He said, you know, I just want to be somewhere relaxing on a beach in December when it's going to be cold. I just want to feel some warmth, some sun in my face. I want to go play in the ocean, play in the sand with my baby. So I was like, all right, let's do it. So we went to Hawaii and I'll just preface this by saying we had an amazing time. It was such a beautiful time. We thoroughly enjoyed our experience there and just seeing your baby explore the world through like their eyes is just such a beautiful thing. I said this on Instagram, but I feel like this trip really allowed me to fall back in love with motherhood because motherhood is so exhausting and it's, you know, so trying. And obviously this being a life-changing transformative year, I can definitely say becoming a mom played such a huge role into that. And so it can be easy to just kind of like get bogged down with everything that comes with being a new mom. And this trip just allowed me to relax in the sense that I, you know, wasn't on anyone's time clock and I was just playing with my baby. And I mean, well, we were on his time clock because we had to work around nap schedules and all the things, but it was such a fun time to just watch him experience the ocean and the sand and, you know, just everything that comes with vacationing in a tropical destination. And he had so much fun no sensory avoidance over here. (laughs) The boy loved the sand. He loved being in the ocean. He spent so much time in the water and it was just such a fun trip. But I do want to talk about the financial piece because it's me. And I know I said we're just going to chit chat and hang out and we are. I'm not going to give you a bunch of like tips and strategies and things, but I do want to share something that came up and I am going to share this on the podcast. I haven't even shared it on Instagram yet because I don't know. Once I start talking about it, you'll understand. So this was an expensive trip for us. This was definitely a splurge trip. If you know my husband and I, like in real life, you know that he is actually the one who very much likes nice things. He has the mindset that if I work really hard, I'm going to play really hard. And that is definitely true when it comes to vacation. So he's a type where he's like, I want to stay where I want to stay. And if it's a very expensive place, I'll figure it out and I'll make it work for the vacation budget. But I want to stay where I want to stay. I'm not going to go and, you know, stay somewhere and then have regrets. And so that's just how he is. He's like, I'm going to fly the way I want to fly, the airline I want to fly, the, you know, seating where I want to fly. Like that's just him to a T where I'm a little bit more flexible and I'm like, "Eh, whatever, as long as we're there, I don't really care where we stay or, you know, how we get there. Um, But that is not (laughs) Mossy. He very much believes that when you work hard, you play hard. So we stayed at the hotel, the Four Seasons Maui at Walea Beach. And um, let me just say it was beautiful, (laughs) very beautiful, but very pricey. If you're familiar with the Four Seasons brand, then you know that they are very pricey. It's actually fun fact, the show, The White Lotus, I think it's on HBO Max, was actually filmed 
filmed at um, at the Four Seasons at Wilea Beach. So it was a gorgeous stunning property, but it was very, very pricey. And if you have ever stayed at a place that kind of has that like brand recognition, you know that there's typically a certain type of clientele who are there. And so we ran into famous actors, which was actually bizarre. I'm, I guess I'm not going to say who it was, but you, you might actually know this person. And so they were there and at, we were at like the buffet breakfast place and I went to Mozzie and I was like, um, I think that actor from that show we like to watch is here. And sure enough, it was him. He ended up coming over and saying hi to us and the baby. And it was so funny. We also ran into a famous singer. He was a country artist. Again, I'm not going to like share any names or anything. Um, we ran into, I mean, people who own like wineries in Napa Valley, of course, lots of like businessmen, which I know is very arbitrary, but I'm going somewhere with this. So we were running into, you know, all these people. And I think Mozzie and I both kind of started to feel like, what are we doing here? <laughs> like, we don't belong in, we're we're not here. Like, we're not here yet. You know, we still got student loan debt and, you know, we don't make that much money. And, and I, I just feel like it was almost like we talk about in, in OT, this idea of imposter syndrome. And it was almost like a strange financial imposter syndrome, which I don't know if that's necessarily a thing. And I want to dive deeper on this in another episode because this is supposed to be just our like hangout chit chat episode. But I wanted to just mention that that was something that we kind of really struggled with. I mean, we found ourselves talking about so many like business related things and money and we tried to just really pour into each other and like our baby and our marriage and and not focus so much on how can we like, you know, build a business or how can we do X, Y, and Z? And, but we found ourselves having those conversations, I think, because of the space that we were in and the people that we were, you know, running into. Granted, everyone was super friendly, but, you know, when, when it's in your face, you start to kind of reevaluate your own situation and think to yourself, like, wow, can I, can I really afford to be here? Like, maybe that money should have been spent on something else. Maybe that money should have gone towards my loans or to starting a business or whatever. And so it was just such an interesting thing because it's never really happened to me. I think because that was like the nicest kind of, of, you know, place that we stayed on on that caliber, the Four Seasons. And so I think it just started, I don't know, it was just like a weird thing. So I, like I said, I want to do a whole episode on this because I want to just dive more into where that's coming from. Because I think that when we talk about money, you know, it is so emotional and it's so vulnerable, but a lot of it has to do with these um, I, I just like mindset, you know, there's so much mental and so many emotional things that go into your relationship with money. And I think the fact that that came up for both of us means that we have some more work to do with healing that relationship with money that we have based on our childhood and our experiences growing up and the mistakes that we've made and things like that. And so anyways, that was one of the things that came out of this trip, but it was a really good time. So happy that we were able to go and we did some travel hacking, hacking for this trip, which my, I'll share with you one of my 2024 goals is to learn how to travel hack, as in get certain kind of credit cards, get the bonus points, get the mileage, and start taking trips for hopefully free, but or for like a way less of a price. So because we did some travel hacking with this trip in particular, we saved a lot of money actually at the hotel that we stayed at because we got a free upgrade to a really nice room. Whereas when we initially booked it, we just got like the most bare bones standard room. <laughs> we were like, okay, it's a really nice resort. So let's just get the most basic room. It's fine. We're barely going to be in the room. But we actually ended up getting a free upgrade. So we saved, I mean, I think it was maybe worth, I got to check the numbers with Mozzie, but I want to say between 300, somewhere around 300 plus or minus a night that we were able to stay 
able to save by having the free upgrade. So that was really cool. We also got some resort credits. We ended up getting free breakfast every day, which saved us a lot of money because, again, if you've stayed at a place like that, you know they nickel and dime you. So you can't get away like without spending $100 at least a day on just eating around the resort or, you know, participating in the activities that they have going on or whatever. So we were actually able to save um, a pretty good amount of money. The other thing is this trip was a business expense. And again, I'll talk more about this probably in another episode because I don't want to go too far in the weeds. But it was considered a business expense trip for us because Mozzie was doing um, courses and business meetings and some other things while we were out there. So we like we talked to a financial planner, we talked to a um, our CPA, did like our year in tax meeting and a bunch of other stuff. And so it is actually a business expense. So even though yes, it was pricey to stay there and pricey to get there. <laughs> The good thing is that it helps to reduce our taxable income, which, you know, that I have talked about this before because Mozzie is an independent contractor, which means he doesn't get taxes taken out. And so he has to be really creative in how he's going to avoid paying a bunch of taxes. And again, I'll always consult with a CPA, a certified personal accountant, if you are a contractor, because there are some really great benefits and like this being one of them where, yeah, we took a trip. It was pretty pricey of a trip, but it was able to reduce our taxable income so that we don't owe as much, you know, next year come tax time. So I think that's all I want to talk about for that trip. Um, I'm thinking, oh, well, I guess, okay. And <laughs> the part about vacationing, one of the the cool things too that came out of this trip is that, you know, when I was working in my OT position and we would go on trips, you know, towards the end of the trip, I would always get really sad. And it's actually called like vacation blues. <laughs> I looked it up before. And it's basically when you have to return to quote unquote the real world and you start to get really sad about it. And I realized that wasn't happening for me during this trip. And I was like, hmm, I don't feel really sad about leaving. And I realized it's because when you're a stay-at-home mom and if you are new to the podcast, maybe go back to a couple of episodes <laughs> and catch up a little bit where I talk more about my my decision to be a stay-at-home mama. But when you stay at home with your baby, you I mean, you leave vacation, but then you just go back to your house and then you keep doing the work and like the work never stops because you're a mom and working and mom is like, you know, <laughs> they're, they just go together, right? So on vacation, I'm technically working because I'm still being a mom. Yes, I have, you know, my husband there to help me, but it's still work. It's still work. So I just went from working at the beach to working in the mountains where we live now. So I didn't experience that and I, I thought it was a really good thing that I didn't experience that because it was like, you know, this just solidifies the fact that I love the work that I do now, even though it looks very different and I am not paid in money, but I am paid in the best currency there is. And that is baby giggles and baby snuggles. And you can't change my mind. <laughs> so I wasn't dreading coming back home when we got back home. And I was like, well, that was fun, but you know, I'm ready to get back into our routine and get back into the things that we enjoy doing during the week. And I just am so grateful that this year by becoming a stay-at-home mom, it really allowed me to slow down and to really just be with my baby. And like, we don't have to rush to do anything and we don't have to rush to go anywhere. And it's just a time that we're able to savor together. And so again, leading into another goal that I have for 2024 is to really just share more about how this looks and how this works for our family. Because in sharing on like social media and Instagram about being a stay-at-home mom, I've talked to so many OTs now who that's their dream and that's their desire. And so, you know, I started the OT Mama Collective and that was supposed to be where I talked more and more about this kind of stuff and how you can be a stay-at-home mom as an OT and what that looks like to work off one income. And it's something I really do want to get back to. I just 
life <laughs> life happened and I thought I would be able to keep up with another project and I was able to for a few months and then it started to overwhelm me and stress me out and make me feel anxious and those are not good things to feel especially when you're a new mom and you have to take care of yourself and a baby so the OT Mama Collective was kind of put on the back burner but again next year I am hoping Fingers crossed that I'll be able to get back into it. I want to start interviewing other OT moms, moms who have been able to stay at home, what that looks like, and kind of just, you know, work to create that space. So if you're listening and you are interested in the OT Mama Collective, you can follow us on Instagram. I'll leave it in the show notes. You can get on the email list. I am trying to get consistent (laughs) next year with emailing because, you know, I mean, if you are in the online space at all, you know that it's important to have an email list because anything could happen with your social media. So I digress. Um, So I was excited to come back home and back into this role of being a stay-at-home mom. And that's something that I want to share more about next year. And, you know, I just, I think that that is going to be very, very helpful based on the conversations that I've had with other OTs. Now, I feel like this episode is a little disjointed and all over the place. And it, it might be because like I said, I'm sitting here with my shower cap on, deep conditioning my hair, and I'm just kind of chatting. So one thing I also wanted to talk about is On the podcast, you've probably heard me mention, okay, well, I guess the overarching part that I'm going to talk about is our financials, what they kind of look like now and how we want to make some changes next year. So right now, I love digital like organization for our money. So I like to use the app Mint, like Peppermint. I've mentioned this before. Unfortunately, though, Mint is going away. And so we have started transitioning all of our finances to Copilot. So I'll leave a link in the show notes to Copilot. Um, so far, I've had a really great experience with Copilot and transferring things over and, you know, getting set up with the system. Dare I even say I like it a little bit more than Mint? I don't know. I don't know yet because I have to give it some time, give it a couple of months, but I'm very, very much enjoying Copilot. I also wanted to talk to you about Money with Katie, which is a financial coach, you know, social media influencer that I follow that I, I really like her. I've been following her since like 2020 when she first started blogging and um, she also works alongside Morning Brew if you're familiar with them. And so I love Money with Katie. She's great. So I recently purchased her wealth planner, which she launches every year on Black Friday. And my honest review is that I think it would be phenomenal, like a really, really good tool for a traditional practicing OT with like a nine to five. I think it gets a little hairy if you're in contract or if you're um, like doing side hustles or, you know, entrepreneurship. I think it's not as straight forward because my experience in trying to use it is that it works really well when you have like consistent income when you have consistent bills and you just want to like organize it all out out in front of you but if you have like more of a complex financial situation you might want to use something else in addition to the wealth planner so I'll definitely link that too, but I just wanted to share that as we wrap up and kind of head into 2024. If you've got any financial goals, I think one of, you know, the most valuable tools that you can have is really organizing your finances and like what does everything look like? What is out in front of you? You know, what is your net worth? You know, how much student loan debt do you have? All of that good stuff. And so I think now is a really good time to be working on that as we enter into this new year and you want to kind of get on track with your budgeting. So those are the tools that I wanted to recommend too in the episode is 
the Copilot app I really like. Um, you also can download it as an app on your MacBook if you have Apple. Um, that's how I've been using it. I don't love to be on my phone. Honestly, I, I wish I could do all of my like social media stuff from my laptop because I don't like staring at this tiny little screen. It's just not my favorite thing to do. So I use the Copilot app on my laptop and that works really well. And then of course, the Wealth Planner from Money with Katie. I'm not sure how much it is now. It was, I think it was around $50. I want to say, I'm so sorry if I'm wrong. Numbers are escaping me at the moment, but I think it was roughly $50 when she launched it on Black Friday, so I'm not sure what it is now, but it's not super expensive. And like I said, it's like um, kind of just a template and you're able to fill it out and it's just a nice way to stay organized. So I will also link that in the show notes. But that's kind of what our finances look like right now. And then as we're heading into the new year, we're really just trying to get organized. So we ended up meeting with a certified financial planner, a CFP, and this was actually our first time ever meeting with a CFP. It was it was a pretty good experience. We met with one from Fidelity. We are not interested in someone investing for us and taking a percentage. I've talked before about that on the podcast, but especially if you're just starting out with investing, really simple and you know, you're looking into things like index funds, personal finance club is a really good person to follow. Um, if if you are interested in like some very light beginner investing, also Save My Sense and Delhi and the Money Coach. Those are always the three that I recommend. Again, I'm throwing a lot of like things to look at because <laughs> I guess I can't help myself. I thought this was just going to be a hangout episode, but of course, here I am still giving you tips. So I'll put all of this in the show notes if you're curious, but if you're listening around the edges and you're like, eh, I don't need to know that stuff right now. And that's totally fine. <laughs> but um, we met with one and like I said, we're not interested in someone who is going to manage our investment portfolio. We just want to be on the right track. So we have a number in mind of like how much we want in our accounts by the time we retire. So like, what does that look like? How much should we be investing per month? Um, what are the best accounts for us to have? Are we using the most tax advantaged accounts? Things like that. So we looked into, you know, the SEP IRA versus the solo 401k, which are different types of investment or retirement accounts that you can use when you are an entrepreneur. And so we kind of talk through some things like that. So I'm not sure how far we'll go with the CFP, but it was really good to just kind of get some reassurance that we're on the right track and then also to get some tips on how we can continue to move forward with our just really our investment portfolio and making sure that we're on track to how much we want to have by the time we retire and even thinking about retiring early. You know, you've heard of this thing called FIRE, which is financial independence, retire early, where you kind of aggressively save or not save, but aggressively invest your money in retirement accounts and then you withdraw like early. Okay, there's, I'm not going to go into the weeds with that, but if you're interested in FIRE, <laughs> you can always reach out to me and I'll tell you more about it. But we, you know, discussed, is that something we'd be interested in? Um, I'm not really sure. Mozzie honestly loves working, but I think becoming work optional would be a really nice um, goal for us in terms of let's say he wants to be work optional by the time he's 45. And then that way he can choose to work as much or as little as he wants, but that'll give us just some more flexibility and freedom. So, you know, time freedom is really the name of the game and something that we are really trying to get to the point in our lives where we have time to spend with each other and with our family or to work on things that we're passionate about. And so it was a good meeting, a really good meeting. And we also met with our CPA, which is our tax team, and they told us a little bit more about some things that we need to do in terms of, like I said earlier, not having to have such a massive tax bill. Our guys are honestly great. Um, they, the work they do is phenomenal, and we are very appreciative. So if you have not already gotten yourself a CPA, especially if you're an independent contractor, good idea, good idea to start thinking about that too in the new year, especially as we approach tax season, which is not fun, but it is a necessity. So moving on from that. 
So I guess in these last couple of minutes, because this probably won't be a long episode, (laughs) I just wanted to really just say thank you to every single one of you listening who has reached out before, who told me that you were checking out the episodes, who've, you know, had feedback, told me how things have helped. I just want to say thank you because this podcast really is like my favorite thing. I love the podcast. Even, I have to admit, I love it a little bit more than Instagram because I just like that it's a way for me to connect with you individually so to speak I mean you listen to me in your car like in your house I don't know it just feels like so much more cozy than just talking to the masses on Instagram so I love my podcast and one thing that I want to do in 2024 is start to bring you on you the listeners I really want to talk to you as OTs I mean you don't have to be an OT listening you can be speech PT whoever, honestly. I just want to start having conversations about money with other people. Of course, majority of the listeners are OTs, so it probably would be a lot of OTs, but I'm really excited to just be able to talk to you individually and find out, you know, how are you feeling about your student loan journey? What are things that you wish you learned in graduate school? You know, how did you negotiate your first job offer? Was it successful? What are some things that led you to pursuing the setting that you're in? Was money one of them? And so I really just want to have these conversations because I don't, there's not a space for, for this, right? I mean, there's so many OT podcasts that are, oh my gosh, so amazing. <laughs> um, they're so amazing. And there is not a space for money conversations to be had within our career as OTs, which is something that Sarah Putt and I talked about in the last episode, episode 11, about it's okay to talk about money as OTs. And so if you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back and listen to that. But I am just super excited to use this podcast as a space to have those safe conversations to hopefully just help other OTs and, you know, other people as well, but primarily OTs because that's who I am, but help us to feel confident, feel comfortable having these conversations and really learning how to use money as a tool for ourselves. So that's something else that I'm very much looking forward to. And speaking of time earlier, I'll have much more time because my husband's work schedule is actually going to be changing at the beginning of the year. So he'll actually be home during the day and then he'll head out around afternoon, evening time, and then he'll be home kind of like later in the evening. And so it'll work better for us, obviously like not every day, but some of the days it'll be like that. And so that'll be nice because then he'll be home during the day. He can hang out with the baby. I can work on my podcast or any of the other million things that I enjoy doing. (laughs) So I'm very, very excited to start to pour more back into, you know, Marvelous Miracles and the Miracle Money podcast and all the things that really bring me joy. I love doing this. I love connecting with people and I love just, I don't know, trying to make a difference in my little corner of the world. So, <laughs> all right, friend, I don't think I have anything else. I feel like we talked about so much in the past 20-something minutes, but it has been, it's been a year. It's been such a good year. I mean, it's definitely had its own set of challenges and, you know, hard points. Gosh, postpartum. Mm. If you are a mom, you understand that moment of silence for the postpartum period, uh, the fresh postpartum period, because it is is and was rough but I am you know finally crawling out of it and you know feeling good and I'm just it's just nice to feel like I'm getting back to me 
I don't know. Can you relate? So that is really, I think that's all of the updates I have over here. We have family coming into town this evening, actually. So that's why I had to quickly do this episode recorded because we will have three little kids at the house and grandma and aunties, and it's going to be a good, beautiful time. And it also might be a little bit loud. So I won't be able to, um, I know I wouldn't be able to like get time or space to record. So I wanted to get this recorded and get it out and just again to tell you thank you so much for being here i am looking forward to connecting with even more of you in 2024 and i am just wishing you a beautiful happy healthy safe prosperous blessed uh all the things abundance just a beautiful 2024 a beautiful end to your year a merry christmas yesterday's christmas but i hope you had a very merry christmas and i hope that you have a beautiful new year and that's it friends the last podcast episode of the year wow can't believe we're here but we're here. So thanks so much again for tuning in today. I would love to connect with you over on Instagram or feel free to rate and review the podcast. That would also be really amazing. (laughs) So again, I am just so thankful to have you here with me and it just means the world. It means the world to have your support. So thank you so much. I hope that you have a very, very happy new year and we will chat in 2024. Hey friend, before you go, there's a few things I want to remind you about. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you heard, please take a few moments to leave a review. They seriously make my heart happy. Lastly, don't forget to check the show notes for additional resources, links, and maybe even some freebies. All right, that's all I've got. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'll catch you in the next one. And as always, don't forget to make it a marvelous day.